are you doing, Shivani? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. This is our seventh episode of our business series. I am Miranda. And like I said, that is Shivani. Mm-hmm. And this is Far From Normal. So today we have a super exciting focus and a super exciting guest. So we are focusing on women in business and we have a local celebrity from Wilmington Normal, Susan Saunders, who has been working in broadcasting for 30 years, including our fake popular 101.5 WBQ. So she's the morning show host, which you may recognize from the Susan show in the morning and a uh, fill-in host for WJBC for seven years. Would you have anything you want to add to that, Susan? Uh, no, that's, uh, uh, that is the truth. That is my life. And I'll be excited when uh, you get your own jingle and I'll be able to sing yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are super excited to talk to her um, today. And thank you so much for being on the show. It is a pleasure. I'm excited when I get these invitations. It shows me there is a strong future in female broadcasting. Yeah, for sure. So kind of getting into that, how did you start your broadcasting career? Um, I went in it completely the wrong way for any college to use the story as a uh, recruitment technique. Uh, I was very interested as a uh, young person in all things performing, music, theater, speech team. If there was a stage and I could be the center of attention, I was going to do whatever I wanted to uh, do to, to get into that position. But as I was trying to figure out in high school how to have that make money, I thought, you know, what would be amazing if I could just have Katie Couric's job on the Today Show. Uh, But I know, obviously, that's not exactly a job you start with. So Mm -hmm. why don't I try and learn the backside of all things television? And then someday Katie will be sick and I will be there just ready to pop out from the wings and volunteer uh, to take over. And won't that be great? So I thought I had an interest in conversational and non-news television broadcasting and i had an opportunity to do an internship in radio and television broadcasting while i was in high school and it was a full live-in experience in springfield illinois in a program that i wish still existed but unfortunately doesn't uh it's it was called the governmental internship program and it gave people from a variety of different backgrounds the opportunity to try out their career for six months living with a host family and then deciding, is this really what I want to go study in college? And thank goodness I had that opportunity because I found out television equipment at that time was exceptionally heavy. The uh, production process was very limited for the type of things I wanted to do. It was all very news oriented. And while I was learning that television was maybe not for me, I discovered radio broadcasting and voiceover work and things that were for me. So it was by my freshman year of college, I was now a full-fledged theater major, but working professionally part-time at a radio station because I was able to take that internship experience and turn it into a a part-time job in the market that I was uh, going to school in, which was DeKalb at Northern Illinois University. So I wish I could say I took the the straight and narrow path of go to college and get a communications degree and and get a job. Um, Instead, mine was a a little bit different, but uh, nevertheless, that's how I ended up here. Were were there any challenges based on the fact that you didn't get a degree or do you think it just played out pretty well for, for you, I guess? Um, I am now facing the punishment as a, as an adult woman um, trying to figure out what all career paths still lie ahead of me, you know, kind of in the, in the second part of my life, uh, for not having that degree. Whatever the degree would be, 
because I unfortunately didn't finish my uh, theater degree, just not having a degree on my resume has made some people think that I'm not necessarily qualified for their upper level management mm. positions or, or other opportunities. Uh, but as far as the education of doing what I do for a living as a broadcaster, I had such privilege uh, of mentors around me. I worked at some legendary radio stations where the coworkers were giving and thoughtful and invested in making the next generation of broadcasters not sound like idiots. Um, so I, I, I was trained by people who really were invested in training and believed in it. And I'm so grateful for that. So um, now it gets a little scary. There, there aren't as many people around me for me to try and give that back to mm. um, for as far as for the next generation. Uh, it's always different in every place that you work in in broadcasting. The equipment's different. The management system is different. The expectations are different. So you count on your coworkers to help with more onboarding than just the paperwork you got in the HR office. Um, but as we're working in environments with less and less of those people around, um, I get worried that we're not going to learn as much by osmosis as I did. That's the only reason I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not horrible. I had permission to um, fail working overnights and weekends and holidays when there were maybe only four people listening. And, and some of those opportunities to, to grow and learn and be trained just don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's a really like cool way to think about it. Just like, um, I know it's like not traditional to like not go to like college and get all of your education outside of that. So it's always really interesting to me to see how people make it without a degree and like not go the traditional route. And um, yeah, um, you having that internship for like six months and that's really, really cool. I, I definitely wish I had that more in schools because I did not know what I wanted to do in high school. And I think it would have helped me figure mm -hmm. that out, especially for college. So that's a really cool thing to do. Very awesome. Yeah. If there was a, a way to bring back a uh, gap year, um, which people used to take in the past. I know Europeans are a little more accustomed to that. I, sometimes I think there's just too much pressure on a 17 or 18 year old to have it all figured out right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are you good at? And let's capitalize on that and let's get it done quick. Mm -hmm. And I, I stumbled into this. I was supposed to be on Broadway singing show tunes and Bette Midler was supposed to be in the audience and this was all planned out. Mm -hmm. And yet the pivots are sometimes where you end up in the best place. So you got to have time to pivot. Yeah. Um, do you still like do anything with your like theater performance or like your other interests in that area? Do you like to add any of that in your broadcasting show or outside of broadcasting? I, I am a hundred percent a performer. I would love to sit here and promise you all that I have great journalistic integrity and, and uh, training and I don't. Uh, really what I do every day is theater in a sense. Uh, it just happens at 5.30 in the morning until <laughs> 10 a.m. which is not when theater people normally want to be up. Um, but it has given me the opportunity to do so many things live and in person on stage because of the the medium sized notoriety that I have as a radio personality. Uh, for example, uh, the That's What She Said event coming up on September 1st. It's at Ewing Manor. I am emceeing and somewhat performing that night. Uh, everybody is doing monologues of their own true life experiences. And as the MC, I will also be one of the performer slash speakers that night. And I, I wouldn't have that incredible opportunity 
unless it had been for radio. So I don't easily have the ability to hang out at Community Players Theater as much as I would like to because it, it's a little later past my bedtime. Mm. Um, but every time I turn around, there's another performance opportunity that has been provided to me, which which makes me feel like I can keep those skills uh, in, in, in use and in practice. Cool. Uh, Follow-up question, kind of, a little bit offside, but I was wondering how you like prepare for your shows, um, especially if they're more of like putting on a performance kind of. How do you present them and how do you prepare for them? In the format that I'm uh, concentrating on now and, and have for the last uh, umpteen years uh, here at WBNQ, <laughs> it's a it's a fast-paced collage of music and information and contests and unlike some of the talk radio experience that I've had on our sister station WJBC and some of the other stations I've worked at in my life where you can really get in depth on something I find that uh, I just have to curate a thousand different things because we're on a very short attention span society now I mean it was people are, are scrolling in social media if you don't catch somebody's attention in the first three to four seconds they're just going to scroll on by radio is the exact same way and in a morning show if we were on our normal schedule of everybody is trying to get the kids to school or they're on a bus or they're in traffic and trying go to going to work um, you also in this town have them for a very short period of time so i am trying in a very short period of time to give you the beginning middle and end instead of investing in more of a 15 or 20 minute segment with special guests and calls and all kinds of things the format just isn't allowing for that anymore Um, so i find that i just have to be the show of tidbits Um, there's breaking news obviously so i we're putting together what could be breaking news for our audience uh kylie jenner's second pregnancy was breaking news this weekend because that just happens to fit um we also had breaking news this morning that the vaccine for pfizer has finally been fda approved and for those who haven't gotten a vaccine shot yet maybe this will be the difference for them so you just spend a lot of time reading and listening to what everybody else is either given you as information or what other people are talking about and try and filter that down into the the spots that we have on the show. I'm, I'm not alone in trying to fill those voids. We have obviously a news person that is doing segments. I have a co-host uh, who's also going to come in with things that happened to him or that he saw. So we, we just do a lot of reading. Um, the entertainment sector means catching up on hot movies, hot television shows, um, hot uh, YouTube cooking shows, whatever it could be. So we just try and find things that will entertain you, curate it, and bring it to the show. Hmm. So kind of following that question, um, when you're like looking for like pieces of news and things to talk about to your audience, do you ever find it hard to like stay positive about what you're talking about and sound really enthusiastic about it? Sure. Uh, You have the ability to be honest. I mean, if I'm going to read a horrifying headline or talk about, um, let's say, uh, Tennessee had the most god-awful floods uh, over the weekend. I mean, just horrific. Many people died. Uh, People lost their homes, their jobs. It's a disaster. Not too far away from where my brother lives. So I was focusing on that area this weekend, at least in my eyeballs and my ears. 
And when you talk about things like that, for whatever reason, you don't have to put a sunshine on it. You're, you're allowed to uh, be positive. Um, but for the most part, we do try and look for more uplifting stories than negative because, boy, there's enough negativity out there in the world. But I still see every rotten, crappy headline every single day. We may not put them on our show. I may not be in charge of telling you something horrific happened, but you see it, you read it, you feel it. And it can be very overwhelming to be too much in the know. Um, I don't know what the opposite of FOMO is. Um, I feel like I'm not missing out on anything. And there's times where I really wish I could be ignorant. So my time off is unplugging away from everything. I used to be a camper, um, so I'd go out into the forest and make bonfire outside of my RV where we had bad internet reception, and I would read trashy romance novels just to take a break. Um, that is is important. You you, you got to find a way to um, to to be fair to yourself. But I would never lie to the audience. I, I consider them too smart for that and, and try and pretend that I'm in a good mood about a story when sometimes you're just not. Yeah. Do you, uh, kind of similar, do you ever like experience like the burnout feeling of like not having the passion for what you're talking about? And how have you like worked to overcome that? Um, I have been here, as you mentioned in my bio, uh, for over 20 years. And the reality is, is that's very rare for radio. It's a privilege, not one that I take lightly. And yet insecurities come more so the longer you're in a radio job instead of less. Um, because suddenly you're older than your prime demographic. Well, I've gotten lucky that as I've been in a industry that was originally catering to 18 to 35 year olds, the advertising numbers have changed. And so they've gotten older as I've gotten older. So I'm, I'm not aging out of the demographic the way I thought I was going to be. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because sometimes the topics involved with the demographic you're trying to entertain the most aren't things you care about. You wouldn't necessarily look at me on the street and say, I bet she knows what's going on with Justin Bieber's tour. I just, <laughs> just would not be the person you would assume to even necessarily know Justin Bieber's wife's name right off the top of my head. Uh, because we assume of, of demographics and whatnot. So uh, I had to figure out for myself where my line was because I didn't want to be a big faker. I didn't, I didn't want to be on the radio um, talking about people that I thought were unnecessary or um, pointless or, or, or just not worthy of our time. And it's easy to assume when you're not in the same age group um, as some of your topics that uh, some people would would not consider them worthy, but instead, I look for the worth in everybody's story, no matter what age or or placement they're at. I think there are songwriters out there now that are popular on the radio now that are better than anything I've ever heard in my forty something years of life. Um, so you just have to work your way into. Um, making everything count for you 
And if you believe it and you can appreciate it, then it's worth sharing without um, being sometimes discriminatory based on superficial things. Love that. I'm kind of like transitioning into like our next topic. Um, Both Miranda and I are business majors and we're also women. And so it's been interesting trying to navigate that experience and um, go through the motions and figure out like what we can do, what we can't do and what things we need to be aware of and prepare for. Um, So kind of like as um, a person in broadcasting, did you experience any sort of um, pressure to get into any other careers or any um, opinions that you felt like affected your decision to get into what you wanted to do or anything that you had to overcome when you were getting into this industry? Sure. Uh, uh, Still to this day, I am in a very male-dominated industry. Uh, When you're listening to radio, you are mostly hearing men on the air, or if you are hearing women, you're only hearing them in a very succinct, specific space. Um, and I've been in the industry now 30 years because I was lucky enough to start when I was in high school. And when I got the morning show job here at WB&Q, something I was very much striving for, which was to be a woman leading a morning show, I, I was only one of three in the nation who'd ever done it. There was just not that that belief um, that uh, women fit these roles. And I can't. I can't always call it an innate sexism, you know, that uh, they just didn't think women could do it. You had people that were in charge that were thinking of radio like theater or television or, or movies. They were casting it. And in their mind, they couldn't colorblind cast. They couldn't uh, gender cast uh, blindly. They just hadn't seen it done. And so when I went in that direction and said, hello, um, I can lead and I have proof and um, just give me a chance and I'll do it. And I finally got somebody to allow me to prove that, which was here in Bloomington, which we did very successfully. Um, I was just constantly surrounded by people I had to explain our success to over and over again because they just didn't understand it. Um, and that to this day is still true. I don't think I'm surrounded by men trying to keep women out of the industry. I just think not enough women have ended up in my position and then moved up the ladder. Um, the, the training ground has shrunk for both men and women to get into radio management uh, or to get into broadcasting management because we're now being asked to do so much more with less people. And I'm still looking around and not seeing that many other people like me. And so, yes, there is, uh, there is difficulty in that because how you manage men versus women uh, in this environment is different. It's, it's, it's business, but it's not. It's also artistic and it's emotional and it's uh, very unique and very, very personal. So I find it very difficult for women to want to stay in an industry that when you're being trained, it feels like a personal attack uh, because of, of, the, of just the design. Um, there is no answer to this problem that I have found. Otherwise, I'd be more than happy to share it with you. Um, I can say the benefit of having more women around has been wonderful 
um, now there's more women in sales, there's more women in management on the sales side, more women in HR. So I'm not completely in a building of just men. And so should there ever be sexism issues or uh, harassment issues, uh, there, there are more friendly voices to listen to and talk to, which is great. Um, and, and just more witnesses. You know, you, you need to have a diverse work environment of people to be listening for problems that can be fixed and, and should be fixed. Or people to stand up with you and say, okay, what's happening here is, is wrong. And um, you're not alone in your concerns. And yet uh, we're, we're, we're now dealing in a whole new world where I think we're, we're all kind of working alone because of COVID remotely. Um, we're, we're just not with our teams anymore. So I don't know how that's affecting, affecting necessarily the, the feeling of women in the business environment. I don't know if it's gonna be positive or negative, having less supervision, less coworker interaction. Um, but it's, it's definitely difficult. And if there's one thing I can uh, tell you to do is to cry in private. <laughs> I am a girl who the matter I get, the more the tears come to my eyes. It's just where I'm at. And uh, learning to, to have those fits privately um, is, is difficult. Um, but it, it's, it's necessary. You've, you've got to be twice as good and, and twice as strong as a, as a woman to succeed in all areas of business. Um, just because we're assumed to be emotional creatures. And people consider that for some a negative. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so you touched on like sexual harassment and stuff like that. Is it mm -hmm. like I don't want to like cross the line and make it uncomfortable, but is That's it okay. super like common in the industry for there to be sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, stuff like that? Oh yes, I have worked with the most incredibly awful people. I don't know why in uh, the past this particular industry brought together some of the most self-important morons um, who had not only control over coworkers or, or, or young new kids in the industry like myself, um, these were people who had power over songs that made it to the radio, uh, contests, um, uh, news, information. Um, there have been a lot of sycophants around in broadcasting for a long time, and I don't expect them to go away anytime soon because those same skills that you need to protect yourself in this industry are also sometimes the things you absolutely need to succeed. A huge ego. Um, you need to believe in your own self-worth. And unfortunately, that can really go off the rails with some folks. Um, so I, gosh, I'll, I'll never forget going to a general manager. I was working as a part-timer at a radio station that I just felt like an imposter at. It was the radio station I grew up listening to. I was so excited to be in the same studio as the morning show guy I was listening to. I couldn't even sit in the chair. I mean, I was just there on weekends and I was waiting at any given moment to be called out as being not good enough to be on that team because I was so overly excited to be there. And I had a, a situation that I had to bring to somebody because there was a salesperson in that building that was doing icky things or trying to do icky things to me. And I needed him to go away. I mean, he was just awful. 
and I didn't know who to tell and I didn't want to tell anybody because I want to just keep my happy job and to be the good kid. And, you know, I was um, 19 years old and, and all of a sudden um, trying to figure out if this is going to be the end of my radio career because my reputation will be the girl who complains. And I went to a general manager who also owned the radio station. Rare now to have that in the same building, common in the 90s. And I had to introduce myself to him and say, I know we've never met, but I really enjoy working here. I just have to tell you about this bad thing because I don't know who else to turn to. And thank God he was everything I needed him to be. And the situation was taken care of. It turns out I was one of many who had complained, but they needed, you know, kind of the, the group vote to get this horrible person out. Um, they took me seriously. They thanked me for my participation. They did things to make me feel safer. And I, I'm just so grateful I had that experience because I was never then afraid to stand up again in other places and talk to other people and be honest. Um, so I was trained appropriately at a young age that it's okay to say this is not right and I need help because at least that time it turned out okay. Beyond that, there's always going to be somebody trying to get away with something, and you have two choices. You either take the proper uh, channels and, and, and go talk about that with someone who can make a difference, or you leave. Life is too short to stick around those people who make you feel less strong than you are. Absolutely. Kind of like following that, would you have any like specific advice for like women who are going through that to like find resources like should they go to someone within their department or maybe find someone outside of the outside of the department or is there anything that they can do that you have off the top of your head um i don't love the anonymity of social media in the fact that it causes trolling and um, hurt feelings and all kinds of things but there is sometimes a opportunity to just get it off your chest in an anonymous way, Twitter, or even with your own name on it, uh, being a little less specific about the problems you're having. Uh, sometimes social media can be a great place to reach out if you don't feel like you have the ability to reach out within your own building. If you're working in a business that has given you no faith that if you bring your concerns to someone in charge that you'll be listened to, get out now. Um, you're never going to fix a bad manager. You're never going to make a boss think, wow, I really should have treated that person better and, mm -hmm. and changed their ways for life. That's, that's a dream. So stop wasting your time and either find somebody that's going to help you or, or, or get out. But for your emotional well-being, Sometimes reaching out on social media has been beneficial, at least for me, just to find out you're not alone. No matter how weird your situation is, there's somebody out there who has had the exact same thing happen to them. Yeah. It may not be in the exact same industry, but uh, there's been a lot of things revealed in the Me Too movement. And I think even without the need for me personally to ever have to press charges against anybody, um, I have you know, no stories of assault. Uh, I, I have been emotionally scarred, uh, which happens to everyone. But I at least now know from 
close personal friends and strangers I'll never meet, um, that I was not the only one. And that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, kind of a segue a little bit, but like, what advice do you have to girls or women who want to just get into the industry in general? So like people who are looking at broadcasting. Sure. Uh, broadcasting is a unique phrase. And I love using the fact of saying I'm a broadcaster instead of just saying I'm a radio host, because that sounds limiting. Um, I, I am a broadcaster now on social media. Uh, I, I am to some an influencer. Uh, to others, I'm a journalist. We all have now amazing opportunities to broadcast. Whether you have a job at a radio station or a television station, whether Instagram is paying for your commercials is not the point. You can be a podcaster just as you ladies are. You can have a social media following that you put a lot of effort and specificity into. Uh, you may be a YouTuber. No longer is getting a platform a privilege. You just need to find your people, your platform, and focus on what your brand is from the get-go. If you can't give an elevator pitch about what you want to be when you grow up or what you want to do with your life, um, then figure that out first and then go very hard right at the target. If you don't have a target, that's what you're missing out on. Um, but as far as broadcasting, God, the opportunities are endless. And just like, you know, people always ask, how do you get your song on the radio? And we're like, well, there's this weird thing where you've got record companies and then you've got people that are also um, selling their own music. But honestly, you can get your song on the radio right quick now if you become real popular on TikTok. Whoever thought that was going to be the way to getting your song on the radio was having record executives scouring TikTok to see what's the new hip thing that for music discovery. Um, they, they are just one of many many different platforms out there that you might find yourself involved in. Enjoy that. Practice with it. And if you want to be a broadcaster, know that you have no limits of media, but you should learn them all. Because as a radio broadcaster, I didn't realize I was going to need to learn to edit video and uh, produce my own commercials and know the technical side of remote broadcasting and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and IT um, and equipment and things that uh, I just thought I was going to have to microphone and jazz hands. Um, <laughs> you have to be prepared to be a one man, one woman show and be able to do every part of it. Um, expect to rely on no one, but there's a privilege in working independently too. If you can do it all yourself, um, the sky's the limit and the best voice should be the one that we hear the loudest, not just the ones that are allowed. Yeah, I really like that advice. There's like a lot of little different bits in there that you said that you could apply to like any industry and any job. And it's amazing um, what you can do if you just learn things and keep up with trends and make sure you know what your target is and it all makes a huge difference. So thank you, that was amazing advice. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so for our final minutes here, we had a final question and um, okay. what do you think your main purpose is and what keeps you going and gives you sort of drive in the broadcasting industry to keep doing what you do? 
You know that uh, wonderful interview question, and, and feel free to add this to your to your next guests. You know, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and and someone asked me that not too long ago, and I always give the same answer. Um, if I had been smart and gotten my degree, I think I would have been a teacher. Uh, I don't know if I would have necessarily been a teacher in broadcasting, but I have now learned that I crave helping people know things that will benefit them. And for me, my platform is sometimes strangeness, like here's a way to microwave corn on the cob and not have to peel it first. But I'm so excited when somebody goes, hey, Susan told me this great thing about how you don't have to shuck your sweet corn first and you just microwave it all on the mat. That warms the cockles of my heart so much more than anything else. To be remembered for being useful is the biggest form of flattery for me because I am trying my level best to give you something not only that makes you smile, but something that you need, something that you didn't know you wanted. I am just a pleaser as a person. And I find that teachers have that exact same drive. Um, so that is what motivates me uh, right there. I just enjoy feeling useful. And the older I get, um, the more that's very specific to this particular community. Um, that it is now my adopted hometown. I didn't plan on being here, but I ended up here and I thought I was going to leave and I didn't. Um, and uh, now I, I just want where I am and the, and the people that I live near um, to have the best of whatever they can. And if I can help provide that, then that's a good day. Nice. Nice. All right. So as we wrap up, I was just going to ask you if you had any questions for us or anything you want to add before we do our little spiel of ending up. Um, well, I have had experience in podcasts, but already from the radio platform. So my question for you is, how is the journey going of starting a new podcast in a pretty popular environment? Um, yeah, the first year it was, we were a little chaotic because we didn't know what we were doing. We wanted to have a podcast, so we didn't really know much, but now we are planning our second season, which is going to have actual focus. Um, and we're super excited to get that done. We are on pretty much every platform imaginable and running social media accounts, all that stuff. Anything to add, Shivani? Yeah, no, kind of just to echo that. Um, yeah, we were a little chaotic in the beginning. And, um, we definitely wanted to narrow down our focus. And like you said, setting a target and just like going full force at that. We realized that a little late, but I don't think it's too late to pivot ourselves around and, you know, make it better than it is right now. Um, but yeah, for sure. Focusing on different platforms has um, like, I mean, being active on certain platforms and really make sure that we're consistent has been really helpful with making sure that we get exposure and um, that's really helped us in like a really popular environment. And um, yeah, just connecting with other podcasters and doing as many collaborations as possible has also been really, really helpful. So we're excited to see what the future holds and we're excited to see how our podcast evolves and we're excited for like everything else, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I applaud you for deciding to do something you didn't know how to do mm -hmm. and keep working at it until you figured out how to do it because congratulations, now you've done it. <laughs> and if you can, in my opinion, if you can talk publicly at, with a sense of confidence, 
uh, without fear, whether it be on a podcast or in a group of people in a meeting or something, public speaking is still the number one phobia in the United States. Mm -hmm. And you two have already kicked the ass of that. Um, so no matter what path you choose in the business world or in the broadcast world or wherever your life takes you, you've already accomplished the most difficult thing, which is being able to express who you are and what you are confidently. And I say that to everyone I ever meet that's a young person still in school, um, work on those skills because uh, you can you can talk your way out of a lot of situations <laughs> um, and that's and that's a pretty good skill to have but as far as talking your minds and having a platform to be honest and open and uh, and and welcoming bravo I, I hope you get the same warm and fuzzy feelings for doing this as I get when I get to do mine absolutely oh, oh so sweet I appreciate that <laughs> Thank you so much. This episode flew by and we are so happy that you could join us for this episode. It was, it was honestly just amazing. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. Yes. You will never have a guest with longer answers than me. So just write <laughs> that down in the history books. <laughs> and I, I, I look forward to talking to you again someday. Yeah. Sure. Um, before, before we end this, um, do you have any social media links that people can find you on besides, you know, 101.5 listening? To sure. Um, uh, that's very nice of you to ask. Uh, the The radio station always uh, publicizes WBNQ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and of course the website. And I do a lot of blogging for those sites. But if you ever want to find me personally, lots of uh, weird pottery pictures and more, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram as uh, Susan Saunders Radio, um, and the the same for Twitter. And uh, Susan Saunders is my name on uh, Facebook as well. And and as long as you're a real account, I promise I will be your friend at least for the first five minutes. <laughs> all right. We'll link all those, um, all those links in the description. So definitely check that out. And to our audience, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at Far From Normal Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at Far From Normal Podcast. We also have a Twitter at pod, Far From Normal and also a Google survey and the Instagram. So be sure to let us know your thoughts and like and subscribe on YouTube. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.